1: Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life.
2: Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Bubba Labus and yours truly, Greg Cooley, right here with you on Super Talk Radio. So it's always great to have you and our valued sponsors as part of the Advisors Roundtable. So, Bubba. Have you ever heard this statement, uh, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps?
0: I say it all the time.
2: All right, so what are bootstraps? I mean, first of all, if I'm a millennial mm-hmm. or a generation X or Y or z or whatever, do I even know what bootstraps are?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's the straps that you go get out of the closet so you can help put your boots on.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, really and truly that is an old saying. I I think it it connotes some mm-hmm. decent principles. Uh but do we even know what the picture is in somebody's mind when Bubba says to them, I pull myself mm-hmm. up by my own bootstraps? What are they talking about? Really? What what is the 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 message you're saying when you say that to me?
0: You're you're saying that um that you've done whatever you've done, uh, really all, all on your own. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how true that really is.
2: Mm-hmm. So in which settings do you hear that said, or do you say it from time to time?
0: Um, you know, you, you hear it a lot in, uh, in the business setting. Okay. Somebody who has created or started their own business, um, and, uh, started it from scratch, Okay. And it's now successful. Mm-hmm. I think they've got uh, a different appreciation and a different ownership. Um, own, not, not that they own the business, but mm-hmm. a, a different uh, sense of ownership because they did it all on their own.
2: So they feel they're self-made.
0: Self-made, uh, a yeah. sense of pride uh, about
2: what they've built and accomplished and done. Um, do they do it all? On their own. I mean, I think you make a really good point a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Is, is that totally true? I mean, a confluence of timing and talent and a dash of luck and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. whatever.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I personally would say that I feel like I'm fairly successful mm-hmm. in, in my career and, and, and what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. But I've had a whole lot of help along the way. Haven't we all? You I mean know, really you go back to uh, um, you know listening to, to Boy Scout leaders mm-hmm. you know that mentored mm-hmm. you along the way mm-hmm. teachers that you've had mm-hmm. uh, now granted, you had to put in a lot of work on your own. Well of course and maybe a little bit of luck along the way and uh, a few scrapes and bruises that you learned from
2: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I mean a uh, famous coach in my life one time said, I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you how to do it And along the way, I'm probably going to be the one paying for it. Mm -hmm. But along the way, you better put in the effort associated with what I told you to Mm do, when I told you to do it. So, yeah, I mean, I put in the blood, sweat, and tears. But on the other hand, if he hadn't told me what to do and how to do it, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, so... This, this concept of the pull myself up by the bootstraps, being my own self-made person, that's a wonderful thing, and it, it's really a basis of, of capitalism and our American society. But we are interdependent, mm-hmm. aren't we? Right. Uh, you make a great point. Boy Scout leaders, coaches, teachers, mentors, family members, neighbors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pick up a book. Uh, there are a, a number of quotes that are in my brain that from time to time I use, and I got them out of a book. I hate the fact that I can't necessarily remember mm-hmm. who I stole them from right. sometimes to give them full credit, but uh, but they inspired me, mm-hmm. and they inspire us. So the the, the the thought of bootstraps and self-made, yeah, you had to sweat. You had
0: to study. There's a big portion of that, though, that that comes along with self motivation. Though, mm-hmm. I had an individual ask me one time, "How do you how do you uh, motivate somebody, you know, to, to do this or do that or or whatever it may be that you need to be motivated to do? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how do you get them to wake up in the
2: morning motivated to do something? So, if you're in a given class and right. the teacher has this real deep philosophical saying, mm-hmm. Bubba may have heard it and picked up on it. Yeah. But it may have gone straight over Phil's head. Mm-hmm. Huh? Right. Same room. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens all the time in families. Sure. You look you see some family members had the same mama and daddy. Mm-hmm. They got the same preaching to at the same church. Right. <laughs> but they turned out differently. Mm-hmm. So your question is Well, how
0: do how do you motivate somebody?
2: You take that other yeah. one that didn't follow right. through.
0: And I and I think to a degree, uh, until you wanna change yourself. You're not going to be motivated to do anything.
2: You're not listening. Yeah,
0: I, and and I know people uh, that are incredibly bright, tons smarter than I am, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they have the drive to make things happen, uh-huh. or the motivation to get out there and take a risk and do something.
2: Yeah, you yeah.
0: Know? And and it's and it's tough for people to take that risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I heard one time that the fear of failure is one of the most crippling. Fears out there.
2: Yeah, for some people. For some people. And for you and me, though, mm-hmm. the fear of failure is what gets my butt up in the morning. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, really, mm-hmm. it's the same fear, mm-hmm. just handled differently by two different individuals. Sure. The reason I am spending so much time on this is because when you and I are talking to that first generation successful person mm-hmm. and we're talking to them about their legacy and their will and their estate plan, one of the reasons that some of them don't really want to address it and especially don't want to start gifting now is because they want to—they want their kids to pull themselves up mm-hmm. by their own bootstraps and I don't want to give them nothing for free. Right? right? Mm-hmm. And then there are other people that see this as an opportunity to help that next generation and see it as an opportunity for them to learn about how that next generation is using it. Mm -hmm. So it's the same dynamic and the same challenge, just seen by two different points of view. I saw a
0: video clip the other day, and they were uh, kind of uh, making fun of Donald Trump, and and Mm -hmm. it was kind of a roast kind of thing. Okay. And uh, whoever it was said, yeah, you know, Donald Trump basically pulled him up by his own bootstraps with a $6 million loan from his dad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. But then again, you know, he's president of the United States today. And a billionaire. And a billionaire. Yeah. So, you know, I'd take a $6 million loan from mm-hmm. somebody sure, to see how I could do with my life. Mm-hmm. So the question that we have today and we're posing today for you on the Advisors' Roundtable is, when is the right time to help people? Mm-hmm. and when is the right time to pass on your wealth and when is the right time to begin to think about your legacy mm-hmm. right here on the advisors roundtable super talk radio hang in there with us welcome back to the advisors roundtable on super talk radio certified financial planners Cooley and Labus here with you and so bubba we're uh talking about this mentality some of us have and, and i admit you know you admitted it that you have this bootstraps mentality pull mm-hmm. yourself up self motivated self made person i uh, i feel that way too because it's the truth mm-hmm. you know 40 years ago i barely was able to buy an extra pizza on friday night yep. when my wife and i Our night together, Mm -hmm. we didn't call it a night out because that would be lying. We didn't have a night out. So our night together was on a Friday after both of us had worked our butts off all week. We had a little extra money, and we would go by a local grocery store and buy one of those pizzas Mm -hmm. and put it in the oven. And she would throw out a checkered tablecloth, and we'd throw it on the floor and we had ourselves a little right. pic- pic- picnic kind of thing mm-hmm. right there in our own living room with a yep. with you know a three dollar pizza. Mm-hmm. So I remember all that, um, and thankfully I don't have to do that anymore. Right. About once a year we'll do it as nostalgia, nostalgia right. Right. you know, and kind of remind ourselves and say th- thank you to God, mm-hmm. but we also have to say thank you to a whole lot of other people. Mm-hmm. So did I really pull myself up? Well, I had the em- emphasis within myself and and the energy and all that stuff. But I have to admit, a lot of people, a lot of y'all are part of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for that. So this bootstrap thing, I didn't do it in a vacuum and do it all on my own. I totally admit, admit that. But it, that attitude, the bootstrap attitude and pulling yourself up by, you know, your own bootstraps or being a self-made person is part of Americana. And it's a great part. I want to read you a quote about uh, what Americans think and this kind of common refrain we hear when we talk to people about their generational Mm -hmm. wealth. The first generation makes it, the money, I mean. Right. The second generation builds it or experiences it. The third generation blows it. Okay. Have you ever heard that before? I,
0: I have, not necessarily in that order, Uh, I've heard it in a way that the first generation uh, makes it, Mm. the second generation usually experiences it, Mm -hmm. and by the third generation, it's blown.
2: There you go. That's exactly right. Very similar. It it is similar, Mm -hmm. and the question is, is that true? Will you tell me that most inheritances are gone within 18 months? Most, yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I can see, you know, 18 months to the third generation, most of what granddaddy made could be gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so for that reason, the people who make it in that first generation, it's hard. It's almost like pulling teeth to talk them into Into letting it go. Into letting it go because they think, well, it's going to be gone anyway. Mm -hmm. The next generation or two, they're going to blow it. They're going to experience it. And it's going to be gone. And in, in fact, that's one of the quotes you make to people sometimes mm-hmm. in their 70s and 80s when they've done okay for themselves. Yeah. You say, you know, um, why don't you go on a trip? Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Your daughter's going to. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> right? They're going to yeah. experience it, they're going to enjoy it. Well, let's see if, if there's really anything to look forward to. I pull some statistics here. Okay. In the next two generations, that's generation xers and millennials and and yers uh, who are going to inherit so in the next couple generations the money they're going to inherit from the people who are the baby boomers 68 trillion dollars yeah I, I was just about to say it's going to be trillions of dollars 68 trillion mm-hmm. Now you may say you know you're driving around in in Louisiana Mississippi Arkansas Alabama Tennessee and listening to us or you may be in another part of the world now that you can you know get us uh, off the the web uh, you may be driving in a part of the world right now that uh, not not a whole lot of mm-hmm. apparent wealth. But as we pointed out the other day, there are people you go to church with or people that you sit on committees with or people that maybe work down the hall from you right. that got more wealth than you think they do. Mm-hmm. And that next generation, we're going to have to trust them. Now, the, And that's just in the United States, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're not talking about globally. 68 trillion. Mm-hmm. That's and, a
2: lot of zeros. It's a whole lot of zeros. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be inherited in a bunch of forms, cash, properties, businesses, timber, precious Mm -hmm. metals, stocks, bonds. But $68 Mm -hmm. is a lot of money. So the question is, how's the best way to, to pass that on? Should I give some of it away during my lifetime? Should I put it in trust? Should I try to control it? As much as I can,
0: what's the answer to that? So, and, and we're really talking about a transfer of wealth from the baby
2: boom generation, yeah. right, to Gen X, Y, and Z. Which is my generation and mm-hmm. 10 or 15 years older. So right. basically people who are born from 46 to 64. Right. That's the baby boom. Mm-hmm. All right? So you just think about it. If you were born in 46, 1946, you're 74 years old. Right right mhm all right um if you were born in 1964 the mm-hmm. latter part of that then you're somewhere around 56 right all right so somewhere anybody between 56 and 75 years old somewhere right. mid 50s to mid 70s those people have 68 trillion dollars right. so it make you like your uncle a little more yeah it does yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but also it tells me that we're about to experience the greatest transition of wealth that the that the United States has ever experienced ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without a question.
2: Oh yeah. So are they ready? Uh,
0: uh, unless there's uh, you know, some secret out there that I'm not aware of
2: and, and, you know, people aren't going to die anymore. (laughs) No, uh, as far as I know, we're we're promised we're going to, you know, Mm -hmm. end the grave, right? Right. So, we're we're, going to pass. Mm -hmm. Um, So, those people with all of that $68 trillion, Mm -hmm. somewhere between their middle 50s and middle 70s right now, that next generation we're going to leave it to, are they ready for it? I mean, that's a big question, isn't
0: it? And and I would say, uh, as as a population, as a whole, I don't think they're anywhere near ready for that.
2: Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I mean, heck, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. been. If, you know, my, yep. my grandparents who came through the Great Depression, they were, you know, a generation or two before me. They were born in the mm-hmm. early 1900s, somewhere in there. Um, if they had left me... Millions of dollars Mm -hmm. back in the 1970s and 80s. I mean, I'd appreciated it and I'd have probably enjoyed the heck out of it, but would I have been ready for it? There's a lot of of particulars that go into the sudden um, influx uh, influx of wealth. Sure. I mean, you know, you go from making minimum wage and great granddaddy leaves you $5 million. Mm Do you have any idea what kind of tax questions you need to ask a CPA next year? You don't. You do not. You've never experienced that before. No. I mean, just on a practical level, Mm -hmm. you're trying to be as responsible as possible. Mm -hmm. you got no idea how taxes on municipal bonds work. Right. You have no idea. You've got no idea how taxes on uh, cutting 100 acres worth of timberland Mm -hmm. works. You've got no idea. You've got no idea how the taxes are, or the, the whole mechanism of selling a business works. Correct. Now, it's been a wonderful thing that somebody left you mm-hmm. $5 million worth of stuff. But are you ready for it? No. So how do I make you ready for it? Let's say that, that Phil is our daddy here, and he's going to leave us mm-hmm. $10 million apiece. Yeah. How does Phil, as a responsible daddy, treat you and me?
0: Um, I think uh, as a responsible dad, number one, he needs to begin having the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts, mm-hmm. right?
2: Do you think you know he's that rich?
0: Probably not. Huh? Yeah. Probably I mean, really? not. Knowing Phil, he's he's pretty tight-lipped about <laughs> things, and he's not going to share anything, well, have, right?
2: No, I have no idea what mm-hmm. he paid for his last belt. right. You know, for mm-hmm. his car or for his waist, right? I, I, you know, that's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of mm-hmm. private information that Papa is walking around with right. that we have no idea about. I don't know how he runs his business. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I have had. I'm just thinking one off the top of my head. We had a brother and sister inherit a trucking business. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them ever been in the trucking business, right? I don't even know if either one of them had had, had any deep conversations with, with dad mm-hmm. about his trucking business. Right. And he passes away. Yeah. And we get a trucking business. Mm-hmm. You know how to run a trucking business? That's trial by fire, right? <laughs> is it ever? Yeah. So as a, a great dad, you say the first thing is mm-hmm. communication.
0: Right. And that's absolutely where it starts. All right. You may not have to disclose everything that you have immediately, but at least begin the conversation on how to deal with Mm. some of the things that you're going to inherit. Yeah, yeah, and we can start from practical stuff. And and you've probably known people in your life growing up that Mm. you knew were... Uh, it came from money, had mm-hmm. a little bit of wealth. Mm-hmm. Maybe their, their parents or grandparents were wealthy, mm-hmm. and they seem to have a little bit more of a knowledge oh, about yeah. certain things. Oh, yeah. oh and it, yeah. And it revolves around the conversation that you have at the dinner table sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. out in the hunting blind, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's this taboo about talking about
2: money and wealth That needs to be overcome. Yeah, it it really does. And I'll tell you, you make a great point there, and it brought up a Mm -hmm. thought in my head. Some of the 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 most in depth knowledge I have about money and wealth, Mm -hmm. I stole because I overheard stuff when I was in college. Yeah, I go off to college, you know, and I'd grown up in this one particular Mm -hmm. family, and we'd been working and and trying and everything. I go off to college. There are dudes in the in the fraternity. And there are dudes on the ball team and there are dudes uh, that live across the street from me or Mm -hmm. in an apartment beside me or the dorm room beside me. Their pawpaws were rich. Mm -hmm. You know? And and I'm hearing them talk about, you know, the summer homes and I'm hearing them talk Mm -hmm. about paying the taxes on the such and such and whatever. And I'm thinking, this is a different world. Right. I've never heard this before. Mm -hmm. I need to pick up on this. I start listening to it. Now... Other people would hear those kinds of conversations, and instead of being motivated to listen, they would turn off and be jealous because of what they had. Full of resentment. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's an opportunity to kind of figure out, you know, how am I wired? Mm -hmm. When I hear things that I don't understand, do I open up to them, or do I shut down and feel resentment and Mm -hmm. jealousy? That's eh, something you need to be thinking about yourself or about the circumstances of your life during this break. Am I one of those people that would take it as an opportunity to learn? If I am, maybe the next segment will speak to you right here. Advisors Roundtable, Supertalk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Supertalk Radio. So, Bob, we were talking about the dynamics of this next 68 million or trillion, trillion dollars moving from the generation of baby boomers um, onto the next uh, generation of millennials and generation um, Xers. So we started down the road of talking about how does grandpa prepare us to receive this? I think, first of all, we need to understand, as you pointed out under communication, mm-hmm. um, that if he really stops and takes just a moment and realizes, you know what? In our example, Phil Womack's our granddaddy, and he's going to leave us money, mm-hmm. and you know he's worth $20 million in this example. Um, knowing his personality, he ain't going to blow it. Mm-hmm. So you and I, there's going to be money there to be yeah. left. Right. When he acknowledges that, is that him being cocky? Because you pointed out that people are reluctant to admit things about money and talk about mm-hmm. money and, and really um, realize the, the situation. I, they, re- they reject it, don't they?
0: They, they do. So uh, maybe if I phrased it this way, money is a tool. Just like debt is a tool, right? But Mm -hmm. money is a tool, and and a tool in the wrong hands can be deadly. Sure. You know, you give me a nail gun, and I don't know what I'm doing with it. I could, uh, you know. You can kill us all. Kill you all, or shoot shoot a hole through my foot Mm -hmm. or hand, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. not a good thing.
0: But if I know how to use it, I can probably build a house.
2: Yeah.
0: Or frame one, at least, right? Right,
2: right. right. All good stuff.
0: So money is a tool, and I think... that if you've got the um, the knowledge of how to use that tool,
2: mm-hmm. then you're going to be able to build great things. All right. So if Grandpa a- admits, mm-hmm. and so a- because of a lot a lot of people who are self made or they think they're self made, yep. as we pointed mm-hmm. out earlier, they're bootstraps kind of people. A lot of them never have, especially in the last few years, done a net worth statement. That's they right. they haven't admitted. Mm-hmm. And I got a portfolio worth five million, and I got property worth five million. I got a billion worth uh, a business worth five million. I right. got life insurance worth five mm-hmm. That's twenty million dollars. Sure, they just spent the last fifty years yes. accumulating here, accumulating there,
0: and it doesn't just have to be twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. It it could be five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but it's you more know, this, than they've Money's going to go
2: somewhere. Uh huh. So if he admits if you don't have a plan for it, the government does. So well, they do right. So if he admits where he is and decides he's going to communicate to us, first two steps, Mm -hmm. he decides he's going to start talking to us. You're one of those, you're the child that he's going to leave money to. You're the heir that is real responsible in this example, let's say. And he knows that when he talks to you, you're going to say, yes, sir, yes, sir. And you're going to listen and you're going to take notes and you're going to follow Mm -hmm. through and you're probably going to preserve or even grow it. When yep. you get it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. He leaves it to me, though, and mm-hmm. my example here. I may be the spender. Yep. And he's pretty well aware that old Greg's going to start day one with a party. Mm-hmm. Okay? Does he communicate to us differently about this?
0: I would think so. Especially mm-hmm. if he knows that on the on, the, on the, the
2: forefront. Mm-hmm. He knows who we are. Mm-hmm. And he's decided. You know what? I need to start preparing these boys. Mm-hmm. Even you, the responsible one, need some preparation. Yeah, because you may ne- have never had ten million dollars right. before. So you need uh, some talking to about how to do taxes. Yeah, and how and which CPA to talk to. Ten million dollars may flip a switch in me
0: and mm-hmm. and make me want to spend more. Ooh. Whereas you, the, the spender over there, receives $10 million. You've never had $10 million before, and you might want to hoard it all and, and not spend any of it. It may, 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 it may You're saying it, it may it change may, our personality. It may change your personalities.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's true, too. Mm-hmm. So when he communicates to us, he's going to talk to you about the wealth he's thinking about mm-hmm. leaving you. Would it be a good idea to, for him to leave you a little right now? I, th- I think so. Give me a couple of reasons that it would be good for him to kind of test the waters with us while he's still alive.
0: Well, like you say, it tests the waters. Mm-hmm. It will allow Granddad Phil over there mm-hmm. to judge and say, all right, this is how they reacted when I gave them $100,000 each. Mm-hmm. What's it going to be like if I leave them a $1 million each or $10 million each? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Cause and,
2: you know, it gives you a little bit of practice. Mm-hmm. It gives the second generation mm-hmm. practice. Yeah. It also gives the gifting generation practice mm-hmm. at this. You know, there are certain laws about how much I can give. Mm -hmm. There there are certain mechanisms that are are better for me to give through. There are certain ways it's better for me to leave this where I can have a Mm -hmm. little bit of control and a a little bit of input about how Greg and Bubba are going to react. Whether it changes their personalities Mm -hmm. or not. So you would advise somebody in Phil's position if he had a lot of money, anywhere from five hundred thousand to twenty million or mm-hmm. whatever, you'd advise him to start doing some of this thinking now, right? While he's alive and healthy,
0: mm-hmm. while it- he can watch them use this money, mm-hmm. while he can watch these, uh, watch us, you know, uh, enjoy this money.
2: Are you the only consideration he has when he leaves some money over to your family? I I would hope not. You got kids? I got kids. Got have a, sp- a spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he may be able to see how much yeah. uh, influence your spouse has. Depending
0: on the age, you know, there may be great grandchildren involved. Mm
2: hmm. Yeah. And. So you start having this conversation with Phil when he's in his 60s, 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. You do this? Yeah. How receptive are people to this?
0: Um, at first, I think uh, they're a little put off by it. Mm-hmm. They, um, and, and I'm going to overgeneralize here, but but they don't understand the ramifications of this transfer of wealth that's going to occur. And I think once you have that conversation and talk, talk to these individuals about, Hey, you know, your child or your grandchild has never had this amount of wealth or this amount of money before. Mm -hmm. Now they've, they've kind of ridden on your coattails and, and experienced some of the good things that, Mm -hmm. that you've been able to provide for them throughout Mm -hmm. their lifetime, Mm -hmm. but to own these assets or own this business or or own whatever this wealth entails mm-hmm. is a totally different conversation that you need to have. It is.
2: And, uh, you as the advisor mm-hmm. have it with the Phil in our example, right. the dad, the granddad mm-hmm. here, but he and or you need to have it with that next generation. That's right. Totally explain mm-hmm. to them what this is. Like, is this also a time where Phil can tell us his wishes? Yeah, absolutely. Now, Bubba, I don't want you to hoard all this. Mm-hmm. Greg, I don't want you to blow all this. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is really um, the result of my hard work and yeah. labor. hmm It's the result of good fortune and luck. Mm-hmm. And it can make your life and the lives of those people around you better. Right. This is how I manage taxes. This is how I manage giving. hmm This is what you now can do for your favorite charity. Right. You say you love St. Jude. I'm going to show you ways you can give to St. Jude that will mm-hmm. blow your mind. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, you say that, that first-generation Phil, in our example, sometimes is a little reluctant to have this conversation. I think sometimes the reason he's uh, reluctant to have this conversation is it sounds morbid to him. Yeah. You're talking about him dying, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. And that's the other point I make to mm-hmm. people is you don't have to go through death to experience some of this, Phil. Mm-hmm. We can live, we can do that. I hope you live, you know, 20 or 30 more years. Mm-hmm. So over the next 20 or 30 or more years, wouldn't it be great for you to kind of experience how this legacy leaving is right. going to be? Mm-hmm. You don't have to die to do this. This doesn't have to be a morbid conversation. It could be a freeing conversation. Right. It could be a conversation about possibilities, about helping mm-hmm. people, making a difference in a life. Do they, they come around when you point it, to a, point it out to them like that?
0: Um, it, it usually takes a little bit longer than that. Does it? Yeah. When you, when you've got an individual who has, uh, been working in this case, Phil all his life, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and has such a control over every aspect of business Mm -hmm. investments, wealth, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard for them to let go of
2: some of that. Right. And I think in their mind, they think if they give it to us now, they're going to spoil you. Right. They're going to create a person who has little motivation. And Mm -hmm. if you do it incorrectly, that can happen. We see that happen, don't Mm -hmm. we? We have. You know, where, you know, you know, you're going to get 50 grand every Mm -hmm. year from so-and-so. So so you don't work any overtime at work. Heck, you may Mm -hmm. not go to work. They've set it up and you're going to get 50 grand every January. Heck, I think I can live on that. Mm Right. Right. So that, I think that's one of the major concerns of that first generation leaving it to us yep. now. But you don't have to give it to them outright. You can give it to them in prescribed ways. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of those prescribed ways that maybe you can begin to leave some wealth at the Advisors' Roundtable on top. Welcome back to the Advisors' Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot to all of our valued listeners for hanging there with us all around the world. So, Bubba, um, we're talking about possibly having a conversation between Granddad and you and me. And Granddad Phil, uh, let's say in this example, he calls us in together instead of separately he doesn't want want me to feel like that you heard it first, mm-hmm. or that he, you're his favorite, or that he's treating us any differently, so he's decided, I'm going to call both of them in. If you had to write the outline for his conversation mm-hmm. with us, what would you put in this outline? Give, him, give me some points that you think he needs to make. So that it doesn't seem to pick on me. It doesn't seem to yeah. favor you. What does he need to say?
0: Uh, I'd begin the conversation this way. I would say that, um, you know, boys, your mother and I have worked hard all our lives. Mm-hmm. And we have always believed in a in a firm, hard work ethic. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of the position where we are today is due to that work ethic. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. And I expect a good work ethic out of you as well, Mm -hmm. in whatever chosen profession that might be. You could be a doctor. You could be a sanitation worker. You could be a welder, Mm -hmm. a plumber, you know, a lawyer. It doesn't matter what you're going to do, but Mm -hmm. I I expect you to work and work hard and work well and work diligently. Okay. Um, And then I would probably explain, you know, Due to the fact that we've had a lot of time on our side Mm -hmm. and we made what I would think were good decisions Mm -hmm. throughout our our marriage and and lifetime, Mm -hmm. we've got certain assets that we've accumulated. Mm -hmm. And um, at at some point, these may or may not be your assets. In other
2: words, you don't it, promise me. Everything. Yeah,
0: it's not guaranteed that you're going to get these. Mm-hmm. I may have charitable wishes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I may uh, decide to, to cut you out completely and, and go you straight know, to the grandchildren. Go straight to the kids <laughs> because I like them better anyway, right?
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So um, it's not a given that they're going to get the money mm-hmm. right off the bat. Mm hmm. But I could say that um, you know, with whatever business or whatever wealth that that uh, that that we had accumulated, uh, that I want you to begin understanding a little bit more about the family situation Mm -hmm. and what it means to have some of these resources available to us.
2: Okay. All right. And in order to begin the gifting, in Mm -hmm. order to begin the this this time when you're going, Phil's gonna observe us. Right. There are a number of ways he can do that. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked in the past about outright gifts. Right. He can give $15,000 to me and right. not have to say anything on a tax return, and I don't either. Correct. Uh, if grandma's still alive. If Mama's still alive, mm-hmm. uh, she can give me fifteen. dollars That's right. So they could together give me $30,000 mm-hmm. tomorrow. Correct. Stroke a check for it.
0: And then January run one rolls around, it's a new tax year, they
2: can write you another check. They can do that. hmm Can they do the same thing to my wife? That's correct. So together, Phil and Mama mm-hmm. could give us
0: between now and January one, 120000 dollars
2: Because they could give me thirty and my wife thirty. Right. That's sixty Mm-hmm. Then they could do it again in January. Mm-hmm. So that's 120 grand they could give us within the next 120 right. days. And if you're talking about the end of December, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it could really be 120 grand that you could get over a period of a week. Well, that's true. You know. Yeah, they could write two checks. Right. December the 25th and January the 5th, they could write a couple more checks. Right. So they could do that just mm-hmm. outright dollar uh, wealth money mm-hmm. asset giving. Yeah. Right. Um. They can pay bills for me. Mm-hmm. They can say, "Greg, I know that you know you recently had some kind of surgery, yeah. and it's been hard for you to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Bring me the bills from the hospital, right? I can stroke a check for that. They can pay college, right? They can say, hey, Bubba, I know you're going back to school, finish that master's degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you here's here's a check, and when you go off to the University of wherever.'" And they they're gonna have a bill, mm-hmm. pay that bill, right? So they can give me right outright gifts. Mm-hmm. They can pay bills for me. Are there other ways in which they can get assets to me? Um, they can set up accounts where they transfer some stocks. Sure. They need to fully explain to me that I inherit their basis, though. That's right. So if I turn around tomorrow and sell it, I'm probably mm-hmm. going to have to pay some gains, or that's right. Have to deal with the tax man. And if there's a family business
0: involved, there may be better ways to, mm-hmm. to transfer some of that business mm-hmm. uh, than than uh, transfer other assets that that mm-hmm. would have that that basis basis following. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep.
0: In other words, you know, you could probably discount the family business. Mm -hmm. due to to a lack of liquidity that sort of all kinds of different strategies that you could use so it's not it's not just writing checks yeah uh you know granddaddy phil or daddy phil could uh pre-fund college Mm
2: -hmm. for a number of of our children so they they wouldn't be he wouldn't be just possibly giving us 120 grand cash right Over the next hundred and twenty days, there's a possibility that he could be he could sit down and say, "Hey, State of Mississippi has this pre-funded thing. Mm -hmm. I can write a check for twenty grand and take care of Mary Margaret's college." Sure. So he he could do Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Do you see a little reluctance when you start talking about this? people because they're afraid they're going to create those lazy people they're afraid they're going to create those who are not appreciative they
0: not necessarily a reluctance all the time i think the biggest reluctance reluctance is is giving up something that they've acquired or accumulated uh-huh. because that represents safety to them
1: uh-huh
0: And if they can be relatively assured that they've got enough that they're not going to have to want for anything for the remainder of their life as long as they live.
2: Don't you think Phil being worth $20 million in our example here, he's going to be okay? I would think he would be okay. But it's hard to convince him of it. It's hard to convince him of it because he thinks, you
0: know, uh, next year famine is coming. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. Because there were times when when Granddaddy Phil was living
2: that, Uh you know, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to live that anymore. Mm -mm. Nope. And and that's understandable. Mm -hmm. But if you and I or his accountant or his attorney Mm -hmm. have a, you know, a a discussion with him and say, dude. You know, you got this $20 million, mm-hmm. but it's not all in one stock. Right. It's in a bunch of different places. You got mm-hmm. cash and you got properties and you got timber and you mm-hmm. got business interests and, and investment accounts. And so, you know, if, if the stock market right. does or does not like the next result of the mm-hmm. presidential election, it ain't going to kill you. Sure. And in the, in the meantime, your children need to be coached, they need to be helped, mm-hmm. they need to be readied to receive this, and they need to have it communicated to them. What if Phil decided he's not going to give any money at all to us right now? He's going to put it all in a trust, and you and I are going to get a monthly stipend. Mm -hmm. Don't you think he needs to tell us that? A predetermined monthly stipend. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get a $1,000 a month. That's all you're getting, buddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't, and you and i are sitting there thinking you know well we, i knew daddy was rich but yeah. man he's just mean now <laughs> yeah but if he may maybe he explains mm-hmm. that to you yeah. you know i don't want to leave it to you right mm-hmm. now because this reason or that reason and grandchildren right. and and taxes and whatever and i'm just going to bleed mm-hmm. it out to you over the next 10 15 20 but right. i want it to grow mm-hmm. i want to be assured that it's going to grow sure there are a lot of dynamics about passing on wealth and passing on your legacy. You don't have to be rich, as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. You may only have a house, right. but you're concerned about how that house is going to go. I think it begins with a conversation, though. It begins with a conversation Some with somebody who does this every mm-hmm. day. Maybe an attorney, a CPA, or a financial advisor right. that can help you think about this and help you help that next generation. Because mm-hmm. I think that's... the great opportunity that the wealth can have, not create spoiled people, but create people who flourish. Something to think about right here at Supertalk Radio on the Advisors Roundtable.